The Productive Woman, Episode 210. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing a few things about productivity and life in general that I wish I had known a little earlier on in my journey. You'll find more information and links to a few references I make all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 210. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks and by Bombas. Longtime sponsor FreshBooks still is offering you that 30-day unrestricted free trial of their online accounting software for freelancers and entrepreneurs. I'll talk about them a little more later in the show, but in the meantime, if you're interested in checking them out, go to freshbooks.com slash TPW and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. I'm really excited to introduce to the Productive Woman community a new sponsor, which is Bombas, the maker of the most comfortable socks that I have ever worn. They reached out to me a few months ago about working together, and I told them, as I've told others, I would not talk on the podcast about a product like this that I didn't have any personal experience with. So they sent me a few pairs of their socks to try with no strings attached. And I got to tell you, I love them so much that I wanted to share them with you. I even included some in the box of my favorite things that I sent to our giveaway winner a couple months ago. They really are the most comfortable socks that I've ever worn. I am actually wearing them right now. They are soft cotton socks that are, are, they're cushiony. They're not overly so, but they, they really, they feel like pillows on your feet and they have an arch support system that provides a little extra support where you need it most and kind of feels like a, a gentle hug around the arch of your foot. Now the Bombas folks tell me they've spent two years on research and development before releasing these socks, which are designed for performance and for comfort. I also love that they're a socially conscious company. This really made me interested in working with them. You might know, for instance, that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, but you can't donate used socks. And that's why Bombas donates one brand new pair of socks for every pair they sell. And to date, that means they've sold and donated over 9 million pairs of socks. And I just think that's a great thing. They have a variety of styles and colors and sizes of socks for women and for men. I got a couple pairs for my husband. Uh, So whatever you do on your feet, Bombas have the right socks for you. And I am delighted to let you know that they're offering the Productive Woman listeners 20% off your first order. So you just visit bombas.com slash TPW and that's spelled B-O-M-B-A-S. So bombas.com slash TPW. Remember that uh, code TPW to get 20% off your order. All right, let's get into our topic for the day. As this episode is being published, it is my oldest granddaughter's 12th birthday. And as I was 
looking ahead to uh, upcoming episodes, thinking about what to talk about in, in each episode. And I saw that this one fell on that date. It really got me thinking about her and about the life ahead of her and how time has kind of flown by to to get me to the age where I have a granddaughter who is turning 12. It also got me thinking about the younger me and some things that I wish I had known. And honestly, some things I would like Audra to know as she grows and, and goes out into the world, you know, as she's getting older. And I thought I'd share some of those things with you. And I hope that as you listen to this, you'll, you know, take it for what it's worth and maybe take a minute to reach out to me with some of the things you've learned about productivity and about life and making a life that matters, things that you have learned that have made your life better that you could share with me. And I'll let you know later on how you can do that. So here are a few of the things that I wish I had known sooner in my life. And they're not in any particular order other than just how they came to me as I was sitting down thinking about what I wanted to share on this episode. And so the first one that came to me is about the passage of time. And I think that kind of makes sense given what kind of inspired this topic with uh, Audra's birthday and, and all that means in my life. Time passes quickly in a way. And I, I think the first thing I wish I had known sooner is that we shouldn't wait for someday to do the things that matter most to us. There's never a perfect time to do those things. But today will be better if you're spending at least part of it on something you really care about. Time really does pass no matter what, you know, no matter what we do with it. The days often pass slowly at certain times of our lives, but the years really do fly by. And I know it's kind of cliche for a woman like me who's reached my stage of life. I'm in my late 50s. I've recently become an empty nester. And it's it's kind of cliche for someone like me to say to younger moms, oh, they'll grow up before you know it. I, I've said it to my daughter, um, Audra's mom, and she's, you know, she recognizes how quickly the time has passed. It's hard for her to imagine that her baby is, is 12 now. And it really is true. They grow up before you know it. And those days when our kids are young can seem so long. I have such vivid memories of just being exhausted and overwhelmed when I had five young kids at home. And and it seems like it just will go on that way forever. But truly, before you know it, those days are gone. And you really do wish you had slowed down a little and really appreciated that time of your life. Same thing for for those of us who are have been students. While you're in school, it seems like those days are so long and there's so much studying to be done and, and like you're on hold waiting for life to begin when you get out of school. And yet those days will be passed and you'll in, be in that next phase of your life. And maybe you would have enjoyed that earlier phase if you'd just been in the moment, not looking ahead to, well, I can start when this thing happens, when I graduate or when my kids are older or whatever. I guess I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but my point is that I wish I had realized sooner that I didn't have to wait for someday for some event in the future to happen, to start pursuing my dreams and really going after my goals. 
Again, the days seem long, but the years fly by and we can start where we are to, to pursue those things that matter the most to us instead of waiting for some other thing to happen. Now, the corollary to that, though, the other side of it is it really is never too late to do what you've dreamed of. You're not too old and you haven't missed your only or last opportunity. And we talked about some of this and some of the other lies that we tell ourselves back way back in episode 68. And I was kind of looking at that in preparing for this episode. And I thought, yeah, those are some things we really need to think about. So if you haven't listened to six, uh, episode 68 or if you haven't listened to it in a long time, I encourage you to maybe make some time to go back and listen to that and ask yourself, am I telling myself any of these lies, whether it's that I'm too old to do this thing that I'm dreaming of, or I'm too young, or whatever. Um, But it's never too late. And as long as you're alive, there's still time to do that thing you've dreamed of doing. I mean, I was in my mid 30s when I started law school, And I wasn't the oldest person in my class. There were other people older than me who were starting out on their journey to become a lawyer, something they had dreamed about for some time. So it's never too late. Uh, So again, that's, that's the first thing I guess that I wish I'd known sooner, wish I'd figured out sooner, that I don't have to wait for someday to do the things that matter most to me. And that it's never too late to do what I've dreamed of doing. Uh, second thing I wish I'd learned sooner, and we've talked about this a lot on and off on the show, is that it really is okay to say no. Uh, our time and our energy and our attention are finite resources, and it is okay, it's actually good to be intentional about how and where we spend those finite resources. Saying no to things that don't fit within our priorities leaves resources available for the things that do. I think, you know, we've talked in the past in episode, way back in episode eight, when we talked about how to say no gracefully, uh, we talked about why we hesitate to say no. And this is a thing that I think women struggle with many times more than men do. And there are lots of reasons why we do it. And you can go back and listen to episode eight, where we talked about that. But I mean, whether it's because of fear of missing out, or fear of what others will think of us or to avoid conflict or any of the other reasons, we have this tendency to to hesitate to say no. And then as a result, or we become overcommitted and maybe even a little resentful, but our days are just not what they could be because we hesitate to say no. There are lots of reasons why uh, saying no might be the right thing for you and why it might be the right thing for other people. When we say no to an opportunity that we're offered uh, to, to, do something in and say in an organization or to take on a project, it gives someone else the opportunity to contribute. So, you know, if we think about it that way, saying no actually can benefit other people. And honestly, the ability to say 
a purposeful and intentional no is really necessary for our yes to have any meaning at all. If we say yes to everything, then we're not really saying yes to a a committed and purposeful yes to the things that matter most to us. There are some other episodes where we've talked about this. It comes up often in interviews uh, with our guests, because a lot of us struggle with that. So besides episode eight, where we talked about saying no gracefully. Uh, we also ad- addressed it in episode 115 in the as part of our Mindset Matters mini series. Uh, that episode 115 was about productive skills. And one of those productive skills is saying no. And in episode 97, where I talked about 10 lessons I had learned from my guests, this came up because as I mentioned, it's it's something that uh, a lot of us have in common, this difficulty in saying no. And I, I've gotten better at it now, but it's still, I still struggle with it. Uh, and I wish that I had learned earlier in my life that it's okay and often good to say no. And uh, I might be better at it now if I had. So that's number two. Number three, that I wish I had really learned and known and internalized much younger in my life is that regret is much worse than failure. I can look back over my life and see the times I missed opportunities and uh, fun things even because I was afraid to try something new, afraid to step out, afraid of failing in front of other people. I've always struggled with that. I don't want to do something badly in front of other people. I see that as a failure, not just of the event, but kind of, I've always felt like that reflected poorly on me as a failure of me as a person, which is kind of ridiculous, but that's how I felt. I wish I had realized sooner that failure wouldn't kill me and it wouldn't be as long lastingly painful as memories of the things I didn't do for fear of failing. And, uh, I, I truly wish that I had learned that sooner. There's a the corollary to that is something I read in an article as I was preparing for this episode, and the writer said uh, said inaction is worse than rejection. And he goes, he or she, I don't remember now, um, goes on to say when people think about failing, they think it's the worst thing in the world. In fact, some people think it's the end of their world. But failure is a good thing. It can be learned from, and it shows you're trying. Inaction, however, is worse. Inaction means you aren't even trying, and that's bad. Always try. And and I'll put the link to this article. It's called Nine Things I Wish I Knew Sooner. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes because it was it's worth reading. But I thought that's such a good point for so, for so many of us. We think failure is just the end of everything. It's humiliating and, and all those things. But if we can turn our our minds to around to the idea that failure at, you know, wh- at whatever, that it's evidence that we've tried and that trying is a good thing. It's uh, trying and failing is certainly better, at least from my perspective, than the regret from that comes from never having tried. And I wish I had learned that sooner. I think there were, you know, I, I keep, uh, I have to console myself with, with what I said earlier, that it's never too late. You know, you can still try. Um, but there are some things that, 
that I wish I could go back and do over again and, and take a chance, I guess, rather than looking back and thinking, oh, that would have been so cool to have done that. So um, don't wait for someday to do the things that matter most to you. It's okay to say no. Regret is worse than failure, and failure is not the end of the world. Uh, those are the first three. Number four is what other people think of me is none of my business. And now I, I've heard this before. I forget where I first heard it. I tried to find uh, who it is that said it, and I've discovered that it's been attributed to lots of people in kind of various forms. Uh, but the thought is out there that what other people think of me is none of my business. And this is hard for me. I mean, really hard for me. And so I loved kind of doing a little bit of research and seeing how uh, other people have commented on this particular phrase. Uh, one person that has been attributed to is Deepak Chopra, who ha has is quoted as saying, what other people think of you is none of your business. If you start to make it your business, you'll be offended for the rest of your life. And I thought, oh, that's really good. Uh, and another place that I saw it, um, a person named Amy Hatvani said, what other people think of you is none of your business. You can't change it. You can't control it. The only thing you can control is your reaction to it. And I, that really resonated with me. We can't control what other people think, but we can control how we react to what they say about us, I guess. Nevertheless, as I said, it's hard for me to, to kind of wrap my mind around and act as if what other people think of me is none of my business. I'm one of those kind of people that I want everybody to like me and I assume nobody does. And it has interfered with my life in so many ways in my ability to make a life that matters and be productive in that sense. It has often left me feeling anxious and discouraged because of what I thought other people were thinking of me. It has, as I mentioned earlier, prevented me from doing things I wanted to do including reaching out to other people in friendship because I was worried what they'd think of me if I, you know, called them out of the blue or, or reached out to them. The truth is, as um, has been said by many people many times, most of the time, what other people think of you and say about you uh, is really more about them than it is about you. So for instance, when another mom criticizes your parenting st style or your housekeeping, that's likely less a commentary on you and more a reflection of her insecurity in her own choices. And I can turn that around and say, you know, if we're criticizing and judging what other people are doing with their lives, very often we need to look at ourselves closely because that's probably more a reflection on us feeling insecure about the choices we've made if and we feel threatened if somebody else is making a different choice. So it really is, that's kind of the, the other side of what other people think of me is none of my business. The, the other side of it is what other people are doing with their lives is not my business, if, especially if they're not somebody that I'm directly responsible for. So we shouldn't be living our lives worrying about what other people think of us. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be decent civil people as best we can, because we don't want to go around hurting people on purpose. 
And I think any if you're listening to this podcast, it's highly unlikely that you would be out there intentionally hurting people. Uh, but the, on the other hand, our choice to pursue a goal or go after our dream or try something new seldom is actually going to hurt somebody else. And I think we're better served by not letting worries about how other people might react hold us back, especially people who aren't actually affected in any way. So if you want to homeschool your kids and people are judging and commenting on that, you know, why, why should we care? Why should they care if you're homeschooling your kids? They're not, you're not asking them to pay for it, are you? You know what I'm saying? If it's people who aren't actually affected, then what difference does it make what they think? Again, I, it's easier to say that than it is to do it for those of us who, who are sensitive to the opinions of other people. But becoming conscious of that and making a decision to um, move forward in pursuing our goals and in and, and not worrying about what other people might think of it, I think is really important. Again, not that we, we don't care about other people, not that we should be hurting people on purpose, but it means we should be selective about whose opinion of us we pay attention to. I think of um, something I read in one of Brene Brown's books where she talked about keeping a small piece of paper, maybe a little post-it note with the names of the very few people whose opinions of her matter. And I think that's such a great idea if you are, like I can tend to be, uh, a little bit of a people pleaser or a little bit of a worrier about what other people will think, to, to on purpose sit down and think, all right, whose opinion of me do I actually care about? Whose opinion of me actually matters? Now for me, number one would be Mike. I care very much about what he thinks of me. I care very much what my kids think of me and my mom and my friends, Vicki and Kathy. These are people who, who I know love me, care about me, and will tell me the truth. And those are the people who would be on my little slip of paper that maybe I'd keep in my wallet to pull out every once in a while when criticism comes from somewhere else. You pull that list out and say, are they on this list? No, well then then I'm not going to internalize what they're saying for me, uh, about me. So Mike, my kids, my mom, Vicki, Kathy, these people, again, I know they love me. I know they have my best interests at heart. I know they'll be honest with me and they're going to be my barometer. If they speak up and question a choice I'm making or an action I'm taking, then maybe I'll take a second look at it. But nobody else's opinion really should matter. And I wish I had learned that much, much younger. The fifth thing I wish I had learned much sooner is that there really is enough time to do what matters most. You know, we often say, and I have often said, oh, I wish I could do X, but I just don't have enough time. There's not enough time to, to do it all. And, and it's true. Nobody can do everything. But every one of us has the same 24 hours each day. And if we are willing to be aware and intentional and choose on purpose what to do with our minutes and hours and days, and if we're willing to say no appropriately, not only to others, but also to ourselves, 
then we can use our 24 hours to to do the things that matter most to us. And I think that's so important. And I wish I had internalized that sooner. And it's, I, you know, I will confess all of these things. I, I've learned over the course of my life, I'm not always good at um, acting them out, at implementing them in my life. But the truth is, when I catch myself saying, oh, I wish I could, you know, get this thing done or accomplish this or whatever, but I just don't have enough time, I now can catch myself and say, okay, Laura, seriously, there is enough time. Look at what you're actually spending your time on. What what are the things that you're doing with your 24 hours a day that that are actually more important than this thing you wish you had time enough to do? You know, there are always things that we're doing that maybe are not as important and we get to, we get to decide, we get to choose how we use our time, but it's not, if we're not accomplishing the things we care about most, it's not because there's not enough time. It's because we're choosing to use our time for something else. Now, the corollary to this is nobody else gets to tell you what matters most to you. Uh, what other people do with their time is not the barometer for what you should be doing with yours or what I should be doing with mine. It, this all comes down to being aware and being intentional and making these choices on purpose instead of just sort of floating through life and letting things happen to us. The truth is when we what we we may say a, b, and c are the most important things to us, but our checkbook and our calendar tell the truth about what really matters to us. The way we spend our time, the way we spend our money, those are the things that matter most to us. And that's, you know, if you're happy with what you're doing with your time and your money, with what's reflected in your calendar and your checkbook, then that's okay. Nobody else gets to tell you how you should be, what you should be doing with those things. But if you're not happy, if you find yourself constantly saying, oh, I really want to do X, but I just don't have time, then maybe it's time to take a step back and be honest, do a little bit of a, a time audit, you know, spend a few days writing down, uh, tracking what you do during the day, and then look at that and say, is there anything in here that could be replaced by time spent on this other thing that I say matters most to me because there is enough time to do what matters most. Uh, the sixth thing I wish that I had learned earlier is, and I couldn't find a way to articulate this really well. It, the way it came to me was you can do more than you think you can. I have been uh, known <laughs> I have known this about myself, I guess, over the years that I'm inclined to say, I can't, I wish I could do this, but I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, when I was taking uh, horseback riding lessons a few years ago, I, it drove my instructor crazy that he, he'd ask me to do such and such. And I'd say, Oh, I can't, I can't. And um, <laughs> the fact is, I, I could do those things, and I did do those things that he had asked me to do. Similarly in life, there are so many things that I thought, oh, I wish I could do, but I just, I can't do that. That's, that's not possible for me. Well, I can't often means I don't know how. And the truth is, we are capable of learning what we need to learn. 
we are capable of developing the skills we need to do whatever we have in mind that we want to accomplish. We are capable of disciplining ourselves and choosing intentionally how to use our time to to make it possible to do the things we truly want to do. So we can do more than we often think we can. And I wish I had learned that younger. Um, On the other hand, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And I have had many times uh, in my life where I've been in a situation that I felt like, well, I, since I can do this, I ought to do it. And it, often it came up, you know, in the context of somebody asking me to take responsibility for a certain event or activity or task and feeling guilty about saying no, because yes, I know how to do that. I, I'm fully capable of doing that. I could make that happen. And so I should because I, because I can. That's, that's not true. Guilt-driven service is not the way to make a life that matters. And, you know, for this, I guess I'd refer us all back to the discussion about saying no. Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should, um, but we shouldn't we shouldn't live our life surrounded by this feeling of I can't because we really are capable of doing more than we think we are. And I don't mean more in the sense of having more things on our list or more things in our calendar, not quantity, but the kinds of things that we have thought about doing, but felt we couldn't, we were not capable of. We actually are most of the time. Uh, Number seven, I guess, on my list is, uh, and I've said this before, it's taken me until this later stage of my life to realize that what you do matters, but you are not what you do. Like you, maybe. I have spent much of my life identifying myself by what I accomplished and measuring my own worth by what I did or didn't do. So if I was crushing my to-do list and keeping a clean house or acing my classes or, you know, whatever, then that was evidence that I was a good wife or mother or student or lawyer or person. But if I wasn't doing those things, doing whatever it was that I thought I should be doing, then I wasn't a good wife or a good mother, you know, whatever role we're talking about here. And, and that's been a struggle for me much of my life. The truth is, and, and I still struggle to believe this, the things I do in terms of my work and of maintaining my household and things like sending birthday gifts to my kids and my grandkids and all those things that I do matter. But if I don't do them well, or if I don't do them at all, it doesn't diminish my worth as a person. And I would say the same thing to you. Those things that you do, the contributions you make to to the people around you and to the world at large, those things matter. But your worth and your value as a person are completely separate from those things you do. What you do matters but you are not what you do. And your value and your worth is independent of that. I wish I had learned that sooner. And I wish I could, you know, internalize it even more. And the final thing I thought of, uh, that I wish that I had learned younger, I wish I had known sooner, is that nobody but me is responsible for my happiness. 
Nobody but me can make a life that matters as I define it. My husband is not responsible for my happiness. My kids are not, my parents are not, my friends are not. I am responsible for making the life that I want and I am responsible for my own happiness. And I can and do choose how I feel, whether happy or not, by choosing what I think about and how I think about it. And I can either choose unconsciously or I can choose on purpose. I wish I had understood a long time ago um, that my happiness is not dependent on my circumstances, that regardless of what happens to me or around me, I can make a life that matters by living intentionally, by ordering my own life based on my own priorities, instead of just reacting to what comes into my life and and to circumstances that are beyond my control. I am not at the mercy of my feelings or of every thought that crosses my mind. Now I'm by nature and, you know, to some extent by legal training, a worrier. I have an inclination to see what can or might go wrong. I am easily attuned to the negative, especially in my own actions and character. And if I follow that path, if I allow myself to focus on the mistakes that I think I'm making or the negatives in my own actions, I'm going to be unhappy all the time. And no amount of positive feedback from my husband or my kids or anybody else is going to overcome that. Um, I, I'm trying to think who it was that I heard say something to the effect of that no one will ever love you enough to overcome the fact that you don't love yourself. And there's so much truth in that. And so I have learned that I can manage my own thinking by learning to be aware of those times when my thoughts are taking me down an unproductive path, focused on the negative, focused on what might go wrong or what has gone wrong for that matter. And I'm not talking about ignoring or denying my feelings, but seeing them recognizing them, feeling the feeling, whatever it is, and then being curious about where that feeling has come from. If I'm on a negative path and I'm feeling discouraged, what thoughts am I thinking that brought me there? You know, the thought may be about something that somebody else did. It might be about the circumstances around me, but it's my thought and recognizing it, looking at it, finding where's the truth in it, what's not the truth in it, what can I do about it, and then choosing to direct my thoughts down a path that serves me better. And for me, a lot of times, the way I overcome that discouragement, that negativity where I'm beating up on myself or whatever, is to focus on gratitude, find something to be grateful for. And that's a corollary to this whole nobody but me is responsible for my happiness. I believe 100% that there is always something to be grateful for in any situation. And it might be hard to find. It might be just, well, at least I'm not dead. I'm still alive. There's another day coming and I can try again. There's always something to be grateful for. And we can intentionally and on purpose choose to look for that. And when we do that, 
when we choose to look for something to be grateful for, it really does change our perception of our circumstances in a way that nobody else's actions can accomplish. And we've talked about that in some uh, past episodes about the research behind this. This is not just something I made up. It's something I have learned and I'm so glad I have. I just wish I'd learned it sooner of the power of gratitude, of intentional, purposeful gratefulness to change our experience of the circumstances around us. It may not change what's happening, but it will change our experience of it. And that's the biggest part of, for me anyway, making a life that matters. So those are the some of the things that, you know, as I thought about Audra's upcoming birthday and what it means in terms of time having passed and, and her, the life ahead of her and the life behind me and what's still left for me, These are some of the things I wish I had known. Don't wait for someday to do the things that matter most to you. It's okay to say no. Regret is worse than failure. What other people think of me is none of my business. Um, There is enough time to do what matters most. You can do more than you think you can. And again, not more, you know, in quantity, but more things than you realize you could. What you do matters, but you are not what you do. And nobody but me is responsible for my happiness. Those are some of my things. What are some lessons you've learned in the last year, two years, five years, whatever of of your life that you wish you'd learned sooner that are making your life better and making it more possible for you to create the life that matters as you decide, as you define it, I would love to hear from you. You can share those lessons uh, in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 210, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or even better, if you're a woman who listens to this show uh, and and you're not already a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, come and join us there and let's have this conversation there. Nobody sees the conversations in that group except those of us who are in the community. And any woman who listens to this show is welcome to be there. Uh, you can just go to the productivewoman.com slash group to ask to join the group. And please be sure to answer the there's two or three questions there that I ask, just to be sure that you are a woman who listens to the show. Um, Be sure and do that. Because otherwise, I, I, it's it's harder for me to admit you into the group, I have to confess, I'm a little protective of that group, because we have such a, a supportive and encouraging community there. And it's really important to me that it stay that way. So anyway, if you're a woman who listens to the show, come click on the join button, answer the questions, and I'd love to welcome you into the group and we can continue the conversation about this there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately about this, this topic or anything else for that matter, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. I'll be, uh, I'll respond to you just as quickly as I can. Before we go, a quick word about our longtime sponsor, FreshBooks. Now, for a lot of us, one of the worst parts of being a freelancer or an entrepreneur is the paperwork keeping track of hours spent on a client's project, formatting an estimate or a proposal, 
organizing income and expense records for tax time, preparing invoices, following up on late payments. None of that is fun and none of it's why we started a a business to begin with. The good news is that our friends FreshBooks have created ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers and entrepreneurs that turns tackling all those time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. Uh, FreshBooks lets you send a polished, personalized invoice in 30 seconds. It lets you set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks and manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone. And if you need to whip up a quick proposal to land a job, FreshBooks has you covered. It allows you to include an outline of your project, a scope of work, and a timeline as part of your estimate. So no more switching software to put your proposal together, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most important, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your paperwork, go to freshbooks.com slash TPW and be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. And also don't forget that the productive woman listeners get 20% off their first order of Bombas socks. Uh, welcome to them as our new sponsor. Visit bombas.com slash TPW. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash TPW to get 20% off your first order. Bombas.com slash TPW and offer code TPW. And thank you so much to FreshBooks and Bombas for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you, that gave you an idea about something you can incorporate into your life today. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.